What's on to what matters? It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. We're on the countdown. It is 11 days until the World Cup. It gets underway on the 20th of November in Qatar. And uh, Australian coach Graham Arnold announced his side yesterday. And there were certainly many uh, controversial selections, shall we say. Joining me on the line now is uh, the legend himself. It is uh, a former former Newcastle breaker, former Newcastle United, former just legend himself. It is Andy Harper. Good morning. Tracy, how are you? Great um, to be with you. I'm great, my friend. Now, you're headed down to Sydney. Obviously, you've got uh, commentary and media commitments coming up in the next uh, couple of days. Is it going to be tough to be sitting on the sidelines and not commentating this World Cup? Well, I, I haven't. Yes, it will. It always is. But having not worked for a rights holder the actual World Cup uh, for a number of years. I haven't, I, I haven't commentated World Cup final matches uh, for a long time. So, but it is a, it's a rare thing. It's the first one since 1998 where I'm not actually there or working on it, Tracy. So it's a, wow. a break of tradition in that sense. And, uh, but I'll happily now, my son who's 13, um, we can just watch the whole thing together. <laughs> and that would be fun. It's, but it's strange though. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure about you and the listeners, but it just it, it still doesn't feel like World Cup time because that's no. July mm. and the whole schedule's been changed around because of Qatar winning the rights, etc. I'm sure they do a good job hosting it, but it's just really a strange feeling. It really is a strange feeling, isn't it? And uh, and the fact that it is uh, it is November, as you say, and we're about to go into a four-week break with the A-League. The Women's League, obviously, uh, it gets underway and it starts in, in this break. It does feel very, very strange. Yeah, it does. Look, I think um, I'm certainly looking forward to, please excuse me, a little bit of a break in the A-League proceedings, principally because um, football being the way it is, Tracy, this is the first break I've had in games since the A-League started again. Um, You know, because you go out of finals into international matches, into Australia Cup, which is all fabulous, the Cup final, then it's the week before the season starts and the A-League's underway. So... I'm actually going to cherish this little mini break in the A-League and and just take stock and watch a bit of football without having to pass judgment on it. Um, and look forward to watching the women start. I mean, there's a whole growth of women's football. Um, it's just really exciting. It's, it's been there for a while, and the, the whole women's sport thing is generates a lot of chatter and there's a lot of in, uh, investment, still a lot of ground to go, of course. But, you know, the girls have been playing... Um, top-level club football in Australia for a long time, uh, largely without recognition. And it's, it's only because, you know, Aussie Rules and Rugby League have decided they should do something about it mm. in their own backyard that, that the women's sport thing has really been supercharged, still with a long way to go. And, and, and that is starting to filter through into the A-League women and, and really looking forward to the start of that competition. It's just nice to see them have some um, some clean air. It, that's going to be fantastic. Now, obviously, Arnie announced his uh, his squad yesterday. You and I have spoken many times about the fact that, you know, this really is D time for for soccer in Australia. You know, we need to perform well over there. He needs to uh, to put a side on the park that performs, that uh, performs above expectation. Do you think this uh, this side will do that? I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, I mean, he's even left his son-in-law out of the side. It, it's a very yeah, interesting yeah. side. Well, that's a, I mean, that's one of the talking points. You know, Trent Sainsbury, who is the son-in-law of Graham Arnold. Uh, and Trent Sainsbury is like a, I, don't, I can't think the exact number, is a, a 60 or 70 cap stopper. He's been in the system 
for a while a senior player. So this was not uh, this was not an insignificant omission. And, and, and of course, Graham Arnold, you have to give him credit for for not genuflecting to the family tie. Um, very easy to have done that. I mean, it could very well make for an awkward Christmas dinner coming up. But I, I, I think you have to pay credit. I mean, Graham Arnold is a coach who polarises opinion. He has a track. He's got a lot of very entrenched support. He's got a lot of very entrenched opposition. But, but I, I think it's a bit of a statement by him, actually, and I think you have to you have to acknowledge it for what it is. So, no Trent Sainz bring. But the bigger one is no Mitch Langerak. I, I don't know. Goaltender from the Glory Grampus in Japan. I'm not quite sure what else a player has to do. I mean, that, that's a massive one as far as I'm concerned. And look, the team will be competitive. Uh, of course, every team has an opportunity, uh, as you put it, Tracy, to play beyond expectation. Everyone's got that opportunity in life. And, and they're going to have to be on to go beyond expectation to get out of the group. But I think it's a reasonable expectation for the team to be very, very competitive and push qualification to the round of 16 right to the edge. That's my minimum expectation. I don't necessarily think... Um, Barring a bounce of the ball and the fact that they've got a puncher's chance, that they come into this group as a favourite to get into the round of 16. Um, if they do, it would be fantastic, but I do expect at the minimum that they cause a lot of problems for their three opponents. And from that basis, given the bounce of the ball or a puncher's chance, they might actually be able to get through to the next stage, which would be. Amazing. And it, look, you know, we've we've got to overcome France, we've got to overcome Denmark, and we've got to overcome Tunisia. Which do you see as our biggest competitor? Is it France? Well, France are the defending champions, uh, and we get them first, which is which I think is good because you know champions historically warm to the title; they don't start in a blaze of glory. Um, but suppose to say if France do start in a blaze of glory, then that, that you know is going to suggest that they won't be able to continue that form line through to the, through to the final. So, um, the play on first, I think, is good. Um, I, I think, realistically, uh, unless you're inside the cocoon of the Socceroos, you're a fan or an onlooker like we are, you're looking at that game against France to, to come out with damage control um, so that your goal difference doesn't play out in the first game. Um, and then... If you can push, uh, Tunisia is the game that's earmarked for the three points of the two that remain, Tunisia and Denmark. Uh, and if, in game two, Tunisia, the Socceroos, still not tired by it being third game. They're still fresh. Actually, in the sense, that's the game they'll be targeting to win. Um, and if they can manage to do that, and uh, with, a help, with, a, with a, a manageable goal difference after France, beat Tunisia... And then it's all on against Denmark. But that's the game plan for me. And uh, that's why I think, you know, it, it, it's going to be unexpected. But within the realms of sustainability for Look. the soccer and we've done it before, haven't we, Harps? I mean, we've over the the last three World Cups, we've done it. We've managed to get into the World Cup the hardest way possible. You know, we just do that. I've got no idea why, but we keep finding the hardest way through. It's just how we play football. Well, it is, and, you know, the fact of the matter is that um, at, at this current generation, I think it's going to change in the next few years. Um, but we remember there was a real slowdown in players 
from Australia being targeted by the top European leagues and then getting game, serious game time. Um, and now that's a function of a whole pile of things. Mm. Principally, it boils down to the organisation, competition structure and investment levels in Australia. Um, I sort of think you know, that wheel is going to start turning again slowly. We've got a very good foundation now after 16 years of A-League. Uh, still a long way to go, of course. We start um, um, spinning players out of the competition, the gang calls, for example, uh, into Premier League and the top five leagues of Europe. Uh, then we won't necessarily be on that white-knuckle ride. But, mm. but it's, a, it's about getting the balance set um, uh, developed. It, it's about attracting better athletes in Australia to a career in football. Um, because, you know, it's a real it's a real fight in Australia between all the codes of sport to get the best athletic talent. Stuff that is determined in the gene pool of the parents. Not the, not the educational sporting system. Uh, and so to be competitive on the world stage, you, you need to have access to the greatest number of, of athletic, um, of athletically gifted people. So, Andy, the, of the 26-man squad, seven are current local A-League players. Should that be more or less? I think that's a, a reasonable reflection, Tracy. You know, um, the A-League attracts, A-League men attracts a lot of commentary. Uh, about where it sits in the pecking order. But what I think is generally true is that people don't properly value how strong a professional competition it is. Um, and so the coaches who work in it and around it and watch it, like Graham Arnold, who's now watching it but has coached in it, you know, realise the, the tensile strength of the top players in the competition because, you know, it's, it's doing its job. So that percentage, uh, I think, is pretty good. I think the bizarre thing in the discussion, Tracy, is that you look at Jason Cummings out of the Central Coast Mariners. Mm. And Jason Cummings had to leave Scotland and, the, and Britain to come to Australia to make the World Cup squad. Whereas Cameron Devlin had to go the other way. He had to leave Australia and go to Scotland to be considered good enough. That's bizarre. So it's, it's, it's a bit bizarre. So they, you know, I think seven's a, a reasonable reflection. Um, and those seven players have earned it. There might have been one or two others. You know, you think of Mark Antilio and Daniel Ardani on the fringe. Um, Connor Metcalf, the, the South Cardiff gunner, just out of Melbourne City, now with his first season in, in Germany, second division with Zimpali. I thought he was very unlucky to miss. And so they make no mistake that the A-League, whilst it's still got a lot of blue sides yet to hit, is, is, has produced a system and a competitive structure that is building the professional capacity of players such that they're properly picked in these national team squads now for World Cup finals. How, uh, I mean, look, the most exciting thing for me is that the Grey Wiggle was uh, was selected. That is the most important thing. Now, we, yeah, we, we know that Matty Ryan is under a little bit of an injury cloud. Um, what, are you, uh, what are you hearing out of the camp? Are you hearing that uh, if, if Matty is, uh, is injured, are you hearing Denny Vukovic or, uh, or Andrew, Andrew Redmayne will go in? Well, I'm not hearing anything. I mean, you can't hear anything because mm. of the din that's been created by Mitch Langerak not getting picked. Mm. Now, Mitchell Langerak plays for the Gloria Grand Prix in Japan. The J-League is one of their most difficult competitions, uh, well, firstly to win. So, as a sidebar, congratulations to Kevin Musket mm. with Yokohama F. Marinos winning that comp. Unbelievable, really. If you understand world football, where Japan sits, what Japan puts into their team, 
uh, and to come out and win that as a foreign coach, fantastic. Oh, it's enormous. Yeah. It's enormous. And he hasn't had the accolades for it either. No, not yet. Not yet. But he'll get his. He'll get his. I'm sure he's building slowly. But in that same environment, it's Mitch Langerak. So Mitch Langerak is playing with one of the biggest and most storied clubs in Japan, called Nagoya Grandpa State. He's been their number one goalkeeper for three or four seasons now. He's been the J-League goalkeeper of the year at least once. It might have been twice. This year, he's been player of the month a couple of times. And, 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 and Grammys is player of the year. His goalkeeping form has been exceptional. I don't know what a person has to do to get picked on form. Um, but he's, been, he's missed out. Now, I think if he was in the sport trade, he would have actually been really seriously pushing Matt Ryan. Undisputed number one keeper. He's carrying an injury, as you say. And his club situation hasn't been a bit of roses recently. So... I don't quite know how Mitchell Langrack missed the cut, except to say that John Crawley, who's the goalkeeper coach working with Graham Arnold, obviously has a big say in this. Mm. And the three goalkeepers who've been picked are out of the John Crawley quote-unquote school. Uh, And that's the only thing. And and so John Crawley, as an expert in this field, has obviously determined that there's something in Mitch Langrack's game that is... That, that means it is at least number four in the picking order. Um, I still find it quite bizarre. Uh, but anyway, it I, is. You know, John Crawley knows what I don't. Mate, there is uh, there is much more that goes into the sport of football, as you and I know, than uh, than just what happens on the field. Uh, there is so much more that goes around this uh, this game that we both love. Look, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, enjoy this weekend. It is obviously your last call for uh, for Channel Ten and Paramount for four weeks. Enjoy the break. Relax. I won't hassle you. I promise you. I'll go to Simon Hill instead. I'll get commentary from Hilly. How's that sound? Well, he'll be over there on the ground with one of the fan groups, so you'll be able to get some the atmosphere as well. And, and this league, of course, is not just getting ready for the, the Socceroos and the A-League, uh, but the Matildas are on this weekend. They play Sweden. Tough game. Really um, tough so game. Looking forward to watching the Tillies and then they back up on Tuesday against Thailand. So we'll learn a bit more about Tony Gustafsson and his cunning plot to win the Women's World Cup next year. Oh, my God, my friend. Now, that is something we could talk about for five hours and then leave some time left. <laughs> yes, Thank you, my friend. Drive very, very safely. We'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. With decades of media experience, Tracy Mack brings you a smart, fast-paced morning of news and entertainment with special guests and major newsmakers for your morning fix. Join Tracy Mack for Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9, only on Newcastle Live.